The Whistleblower Report, exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. For such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report, and this is Dr. Lee for America with my guest from Florida, Nick Caterano, who is leading the Florida Medical Freedom Initiative and also an initiative to help hold the vaccine perpetrators accountable for the injuries so many people are experiencing and create a blueprint that can be duplicated across America and even in other countries as well. While this is initially a Florida initiative, we are actually working together with the group in Florida and Truth for Health Foundation and our VaxDamage.org citizens reporting system to help people across the country understand the legal recourse that they have available working through the local level and looking at filing criminal complaints in your local area and working with your sheriffs. So this is a fascinating opportunity for people to come together and stop the shot, stop the damage, stop vaccine damage, and stop the push of these toxic gene therapy experimental shots that have no manufacturing oversight, no safety oversight, no quality control, and the FDA is not even holding the manufacturers accountable for good manufacturing practices or proper accounting of the resources in the supply chain that they're using to make these toxic shots. And no one is adequately documenting the damage to people's lives and health with what is happening with the damage that is coming from the spike protein and the lipid nanoparticles in these experimental shots. So Nick, tell us about what you've been spearheading in Florida and tell us about your case against Disney. We're very interested in supporting all of your activities to hold people accountable for this damage. Thank you, Dr. Vliet. Thanks for uh, having me back on. Excited to talk to you and thank you for all the amazing work you and your foundation are doing. Um, Yeah, in Florida, we're just you know, I, I teamed up with Scott Kylie down in Collier County. He was able to pass a resolution down there, um, a fantastic resolution that got a lot of people in the grassroots excited. 
Um, also been talking and, and strategizing with uh, Joseph Sansone, who wrote the Band of Jab resolution uh, that has now spread to eight Florida counties um, through the RECs. Now, the RECs are a the political arm. It's, it's like the foundational arm, the local arm of the Republican Party, the state Republican Party in the state. So the idea, instead of top down, them controlling the messaging, we, you know, as the counties rise up and say, we want to ban these jabs and these things are bioweapons, it's now going up the ladder and they have to face and deal with it. Um, so that's that's an exciting prospect as well. Um, you know, we we we, I t we teamed up with Karen Kingston. She wrote a demand letter. Uh, I believe you have a copy of that demand letter, where she uses Pfizer's own patents. Um, she uses indisputable um, in information and proof that these shots are a bioweapon, and that they're they're technology, they're nanotechnology. Um, and, and I know that's controversial to some within the medical freedom movement. I've seen as of late, it's begin to shift, but there was this big push to not call it a bioweapon for some reason. Um, and just from a common sense point of view, I will, I, I like to put it like this. If I, if I get in my car and I try to run down a neighbor, um, for whatever reason, my car becomes a weapon. And if I'm in a restaurant having a meal and I get into an argument with a patron and I pick up my fork and I go after him, my fork is a weapon. So when you try to force these shots that have no benefit, they literally go negative e efficacy after, after a certain amount of weeks, and they have all the risk and harm that we have now have the data on. And you're forcing, not only forcing them on people, but you're not giving them the actual information. It's not informed consent. That's a weapon to me. That's a bioweapon. It's as simple as that. You're, you're, you're forcing people and coercing people to take things that 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 don't belong to, to even be out there. Um, so go well, ahead. Nick, in one sense, um, you may not realize it, but it's it's actually worse than what you just described in in support of it being a weapon against people, because 15 years prior to the launch of the shots, they were actually pharmaceutical companies involved in the development of the mRNA technology, we're actually doing research that showed unequivocally, the research was going on 15 years prior to the launch in 2021. Published studies were published 12 years before the launch in 2021, showing that the lipid nanoparticles alone damage the ovaries and testicles in every animal species studied. Now, Dr. Yeadon and I were discussing that in early 2021. And he was also, as a former vice president for Pfizer, understanding rational, safe drug development, that was his career, and understanding the pharmaceutical research. He brought to light even other warnings in 2020. So they knew that there was reproductive organ damage in males and females 15 years before the shots were rolled out and they went ahead with it anyway, which speaks to intent. So yeah, I, I, absolutely, it's absolutely. even worse than what you described. Yes, absolutely correct. I, I find myself messaging the, the, the lowest common denominator for people that are having a hard time getting to that point. Um, and and, and maybe I'm wrong in my messaging, but I just feel like 
you know, whether you see that or can accept it, I think a lot of people are having a hard time coming to terms with the fact that people could be so evil, right? But we've seen it through history. And, 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 but I think they could, they could realize that these shots were not what was promised. They have, they're, they're harmful, they have no benefit, and yet they're still pushing it. And they have the data now, they pushed it on kids that had no business taking these shots, knowing that they were doing harm. They Pfizer tried to hide the, the, the data of all the people that died early on. Um, right. and, I, and I like to compare it to the, the, the swine flu vaccine under the Ford administration, that I think they had 56 deaths. And, and 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 several adverse reactions and they halted the shots because they knew it was a failed it was a failed product and here we are with just 20 1200 deaths coming right out of clinical trials and yet they here we are all these few years later with all the devastation they've done and it's still we're still fighting to get recognition and and to get um justice and accountability, especially for our vaccine injured all among us and all around us. No, you're exactly right. And I, I remember that about the swine flu and that was halted immediately. But not only that, we have a 60% increase in mortality since the rollout of the COVID shots. And they are still now saying people need to get a COVID shot every year. This is absolutely appalling. And I want to I want to use an example that you had shared with me earlier to put this initiative in perspective and for rational, compassionate, reasonable people listening to our program today. You may not recall, but in 1982, contaminated Tylenol bottles killed seven individuals, including a 12-year-old girl. And although hundreds of thousands of Americans continued to take Tylenol without any ill effects, the bottles were removed from the shelves across the entire nation. And I, I remember that. The removal of the Tylenol bottles was initiated by deputy sheriff in, in Chicago. And that legal action is still available to all of us for sheriffs to go in and confiscate the products that are killing and damaging people. But as you've pointed out, we need people to come forward who have been vaccine injured themselves or who have lost a family member who died after the COVID shot and the deaths are skyrocketing. Yeah, you, Dr. Bleet, you see, they pull lettuce when they got listeria. I mean, they pull all, I know. The, all, all, all the produce around the country. So contamination is a big issue. I just spoke with, uh, and, and I've gotten to know Jancy Lindsay um, and her yes. team, we, we the People 50, who are focused on the contamination aspect of the shot. There's so many ways to address it, and all of them really are, are damning towards the shot. But I, I, I love what they're talk, talking about and how they're they're showing the data that these are contaminated shots and there's laws on the books for contaminated medicines that that alone should pull it. Um, Karen Kingston loves to talk about that Tylenol example herself, saying, look, look what they did over seven deaths and look what we're trying to do and how hard this is. And a lot of it's politics. These local sheriffs 
I think, unfortunately, they, they don't realize the power that they have. They are the first line of defense and the last line of defense in their local communities. They are elected officials. But I think that just like all our politicians at the state level and the local levels, there's been a lot of federal money. There's been a lot of uh, a lot of compromising by people that now are are engaged in taking this this power and this money, and it and it waters down their 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 resolve to realize that to take up the power they have. Um, and and there's and, and there's just should be no reason at this point to not realize there's a problem and at least pull the shots out of precautionary measures until further investigations. Um, we had one sheriff that 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 recommended bringing in the vaccine injured um, as we gave as we were bringing forth the demand letter as a way for them to investigate. Um, but for whatever reason, now we're being told from some of the same sheriffs that they need to wait on, on Governor DeSantis's grand jury because it's under investigation. Um, but the unfortunate aspect of that is this grand jury has been seated for, I don't know, six or eight months or maybe more. And you would think that they already, because Dr. Ladapo already said publicly that these shots had many problems causing myocarditis, pyocarditis on young men and, and all the things they recommended against, there's enough right there to say, let's halt the shots in general. They, don't, they cause no benefit. There's no benefit. They didn't stop anybody from getting COVID. They didn't stop them from spreading COVID. They didn't stop deaths from COVID. So there, there, there's plenty of reasons to halt these things. But the, here we are. It's like a political football or it's, it's a mass psychosis. The emperor wears no clothes. They're bare naked walking around. And we're still having trouble getting the sheriffs on board. Um, and, and they don't even need us to do anything. There's enough evidence for them to, to, to latch onto right now to pull these things. But, but we're trying to help, help them by getting those the, the vaccine injured among us and those, loved one, those that have loved, lost loved ones to these vaccines um, to get them in there just to help give them some resolve and some cover, um, political cover to do the right thing. But it, it shouldn't take that. No, it definitely should not. Um, and what what is concerning is that the current national federal administration under um, Biden and the shadow government behind him are controlled by the powers that choose to perpetuate the damage of the COVID shot. And as you pointed out, there is a lot of money coming into the states and the counties and the health officials, public health agencies at the state level that is essentially being used to buy silence on Correct. the damage. Right. One of the, one of the things Scott Kiley, who I've been working with, uh, his wife, Jill, Dr. Richard Schroeder, um, I think Dr. Yakos down in Collier County, Florida, uh, along with Karen Kingston, they were able to get the county, the commissioners, to return the money. Um, and I thought that was a big message and a big start. But they they knew that the root of the problem there was the money, and they returned that money um, to the to the government, to the federal government. Um, but but not everybody has that same resolve. You know, they got their hand in the cookie jar, and and they don't want to let go. And, and this is the COVID tyranny task force of Collier County, Florida, that, that has really been much more active than others, correct? Correct, yeah. They, they, they're a great group of patriots down there really uh, fighting. And, and 
and and and we're and they're they're trying to hit a moving target. Um, a lot of things keep changing on us, but uh, you know we keep bringing our heads together as I'm kind of starting to work with them um, to hit this target and to take it out in the state of Florida and hopefully be a blueprint for the country. Well, one one way that Truth for Health Foundation can help, we have our citizens vaccine injury reporting system that is much simpler to use than the VAERS database uh, controlled by the CDC, which is very complicated, very difficult for an individual person to file their own complaint. And it's very intimidating as well. Even and, doctors and if find I can it add, difficult. Yeah. And if I can add, those numbers are horrific as they stand, but we know that the, the numbers are what, one one hundredth of, of what the actual numbers are. Just those numbers should be horrifying for people. Well, exactly. And people that want to look at what the numbers actually show, go to openvares.com and that's openvares.com. And you can see where we stand on the numbers today. But the Harvard study from 2010 um, calculated that at best, VAERS was so flawed. This is 2010, so that's 13 years ago. VAERS was so flawed that at best, the Harvard researchers estimated that they could only capture perhaps 10% of the actual damage and that it may be as low as only 1%. So if you look at the fact that the numbers you're seeing on VAERS, Nick is right, are only a small tip of the iceberg of what's actually there, we're looking at, at probably no better than those numbers reflecting the best case scenario, 10% of the actual damage. So it's 10 times worse than what you see in the actual numbers. And one of the things that people need to understand is that sheriffs, local sheriffs, particularly constitutional sheriffs who take their oaths to the Constitution very seriously, can, can carry out action to prosecute criminal, investigate and prosecute criminal complaints. But in order for the sheriffs to take action, they need sworn testimonies from COVID vaccine injured victims and for the victims to file the criminal complaints at their county sheriff's office. And this is true in every state in the United States. It's just that Florida has really taken the lead on this and particularly in Collier County. Family members who are willing to provide testimony on behalf of the deceased loved ones can also file complaints for a wrongful death of their loved one. And that evidence helps empower the sheriffs to take action to remove the shots from their jurisdiction. It, it's, really, it's really a very simple process. We simply need people with the courage to come forward and say, yes, I've had a vaccine injury or my family, my husband, my brother, my sister, my mother, my father died after getting the COVID shot. And I want to take action because of their death. And citizens can file these criminal complaints. 
Yeah, it, it's it and and it seems really simple. And I thought with the prevalence of so many vaccine injured that I that I'm aware of. Um, but as we've kind of dug down and started to talk to people, people have been willing to step forward and then they they've gone MIA. Um, there have been people who are concerned about their doctor relationships, how that would affect it. Um, if if they find out the doctors and they were canceled and, and they're so vulnerable, there's a lot of vulnerability out there because some of these people have a hard time even getting out of bed. And I was uh, entertaining the idea of video depositions for, for people that are in those situations. Um, but I think courage begets courage. And, and, and my, my, my goal and my hope is to rally the communities of those who, who are medical freedom advocates uh, that may not be vaccine injured, along with the vaccine injured, so that we can team up, create days where we're, okay, this day is the day we're going to go forward. And all of us go to the sheriff's department and, and help encourage them, support them as they file their complaints. Um, but we're, 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 we're having to, to do some messaging on it. I've, I've thought about it, uh, doctor, I'm trying to figure out, you know, what, what, what is, what, why is it that people that have been harmed in the way they are, are, are still timid to go forward? And I, I do know of somebody who was hired at Disney after they stopped the, the, the mandates for the employees, Disney found the loophole and was still requiring the vaccine to get hired. Um, this young person decided to get the vaccine against their better judgment because it was their dream job. And they thought they would be one of those people that, that had no reactions. They ended up with lifelong heart condition. So when I reached out to, to, to this person to join our lawsuit um, here, here in Florida against Disney with, with the discrimination and the other stuff we're dealing with, they were reluctant because they were scared that saying now that they were more vulnerable, that they needed to keep their job and they wanted to stay in good graces with Disney because they're now that they're, they're damaged goods and they're worried that they wouldn't be able to get hired somewhere else and they need to find other, other roles at the company to, to keep their jobs. So it's almost like a Stockholm syndrome, like many people are their vulnerabilities, but they're looking, instead of looking to God, they're looking at the, at the realities of man, and they're trying to micromanage their, their, their self-survival, I feel. Um, and, and they're, they're aiding and abetting the actual criminals that, that forced this upon them. Um, and I also kind of look at it too. I think a lot of vaccine injured, I, I mean, I'm, this is not an attack. It's an observation. I think a lot of people that took the vaccine, or, and, and like myself, I, I was trusting the people out there. There were there were there had to be citizens watching the government. There had to be these watchdogs that were watching all these pharmaceuticals, so I could trust what they're they, they're doing for the most part. And I think that trust and that expectation that other people are going to do the fighting for you, that other people are going to get it done. And I, and I think a lot of people that are that are suffering, it's taken a lot of their will out of them. But at the same time, I think there it, it's that same mentality that's dependent on somebody else to get this done. I think that idea out there that there's these white hats, right? These white hats are going to, there's a plan, they're going to get it done. And I think that's a false narrative. I think we're the people that get it done. And right now we need those that have been injured and, and have been assaulted because for, for my friends that are vaccine injured, yeah, and, and and doctor, I know you're you're aware it's it's very emotional. It's very difficult. It's 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 the the not knowing and and 
and not knowing how they're going to get better is, is really a scary prospect for them. It, it sucks a lot of their life and energy out of them. Um, but but they're the difference makers. We have they have to step up. We have to join and support them. And we need to demand accountability. We need to demand justice. And really, we need to go after these pharmaceutical companies and all the profits that they made off of our tax dollars. That needs to go to directly to these vaccine injured. It needs to go to research and it needs to be into a fund for those who are going to be uh, damaged as a result as these things unwind and, and the cancers and stuff start taking off. Um, that money needs to be theirs. I mean, it, it's our money to begin with. And, and really, these, these companies need to be dismantled. And I know there's a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm digressing here, but uh, with Karen Kingston's research, there's a lot of stuff in these contracts with Pfizer that make it low-hanging fruit to go after them. And I think that's, that's somewhere that, that we really need to go, go right after Pfizer. And I think a lot of these criminal complaints need to be going after the manufacturers um, as a starting place. And I think they will implicate everybody else and we'll see the dominoes fall. That's, that's my perspective on it. Well, I, I think that's an accurate perspective. Getting it accomplished in the courts of law has been a challenge because the judges are not ruling on the correct points of law. And what they are doing is deferring to the executive branch and say, well, these are medical decisions. No, they are violations of law. And you, as the judiciary, are supposed to rule on violations of law. And you're not doing it. You're abdicating your responsibilities. And that's and, and, something that Warner Mendenhall has talked extensively about with because they did sue Pfizer and that case right now is on appeal. But the Brooke Jackson federal false claims case against Pfizer was dismissed by the judge at the same time in his opinion dismissing the case. He wrote that the vaccines were developed as a Department of Defense project for a prototype. So it's not even a fully developed product. It's in the court docket, the summary from the judge, and yet no action on it. So let's talk more about some of these aspects after the break, because I, I think that is going to take, going back to your point, it's going to take citizen action and pressure from the grassroots action to hold all of these institutions accountable. There is no one coming to rescue us. I agree with you completely. The action has to begin with we the people. This is Dr. Lean for America with the Whistleblower Report from Truth for Health Foundation. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org download our vaccine injury treatment guide if you've gotten the shot and have health problems. And if you've gotten the shot and have had complications, fill out our citizens vaccine injury report. Go to vaxdamage.org and the report is right there. It'll take you 15 minutes or so. Do it right from your phone. It's easy to do and it helps us know who you are and how to get resources to you for medical and legal assistance. We'll be right back after the break. Hello everyone. This is Lieutenant Colonel Brandy King, United States Air Force Reserve. 
I want to take this opportunity to thank and encourage Truth for Health Foundation and all its faithful donors. Your generosity ensured that I had legal representation when I found myself without an income due to reprisal and discrimination just hours after I voiced my need for an exemption from the investigational new drug and experimental use authorized only COVID-19 gene therapy injections. The Truth for Health Foundation not only funded my legal battle, the foundation has also helped keep me healthy and whole physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually through this long legal process and has enabled me to uphold my oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States of America. I am forever grateful to the Truth for Health Foundation members and donors. May God bless each and every one of you in your efforts to stand for freedom, and may God bless America. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America, and here with Florida freedom fighter and warrior to assist the COVID vaccine injured people out there in Florida and across America, Nick Caterano. Nick is also one of the plaintiffs in a major lawsuit against Disney Company. And Nick, I think one of the things that would be helpful is for you to tell us about the Disney lawsuit and where things stand with that right now. Yeah, I know you have a firebrand attorney working with you. Rachel Rodriguez is is quite a uh, fireball. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's she's fantastic and a personal friend and and just just love talking to her and watching her passion uh, for medical freedom and all things really um, just just fighting in all directions. Um, you know, I'm not a plaintiff. It, it turns out I'm not the plaintiff. It was she picked seven of the best cases that were ready to go. Um, to give a little history uh, for people, I have a website, goofyvaccine.com. Uh, originally, the mandates, Disney was one of the first in the country to, to issue the mandates. I, I got early warning of that being a union leader um, and then knowing that I was a dissenting voice. Um, and then one thing led to the other. I didn't know what to do. I wrote the open letter. Uh, I organized uh, with also with my friends at CDF, uh, CCDF at the time, um, and uh, attorney Jeff Childers. And we organized our lawsuit to stop the mandates. Children Health Defense came in as support in the background. Um, we were able to, Jeff Childers worked with Florida legislators. They were able to stop the mandates in the background. That lawsuit never got to the complaint of uh, public filing of it. Um, and he felt that he had achieved the goal of stopping the mandates. Unfortunately, the, the, the compromise at the legislative left level left wide open the discrimination. So religious discrimination, personal discrimination, people were wearing, uh, you know, not COVID, uh, N95 masks with warning signs on them, goggles, shields. We were eat, I was eating behind the shed for breaks. We were having to separate. Um, we couldn't take any of that stuff off unless we were behind closed doors. The vaccinated were able to. Um, at first, they were just wearing their mask, and then they got to take them off totally. Um, and it was really obvious that we were wearing the, you know, the metaphorically or, or literally a star or a sign that we were the vectors of disease. 
And the interesting part about that is that at the time, everybody in Disney and many restaurants and and, and many of the locations, they were all vaccinated, that all the vaccinated people were getting COVID and they were spreading COVID and they were getting real sick. And some of them were ending up in the hospital and worse. Um, so, it, it, you know, it just defied common sense. So people with that got tired of that shenanigans and, and playing that role, they, they decided to take their mask off, they fought back, um, they, they were let go. Um, and those those people that are in the lawsuit now that that Rachel Rodriguez and, and attorney Carol Sanders are representing, uh, it's, it's there's it, it, we, we were hoping to have all, we, we had some support financial commitments. Um, but but all those kind of fell apart. And, and as I reached out to some big pastors that were willing to help out, it just seems for whatever reason, God has really made this a David and Goliath. And uh, Rachel's got her smooth stones um, and she's slinging them. Um, so she's taken on a lot of this financial burden on her own and her, and her little her, her small firm. Um, so they're they're in the trenches right now. The Disney one of the, the judge for the judge over the lawsuit just turns out to be one of the judges that issued the FISA warrant for Carter Page. Uh, so that was an inter interesting connection, uh, either compromised or at best uh, bad judgment. Um, and and she severed the cases into seven cases, which makes it a lot more expensive. So if anybody wants to contribute to that, uh, you can go to goofyvaccine.com on the landing page. It goes right to Rachel's uh, uh trust account set up for Disney, just earmark it for Disney, uh, Disney lawsuit. Um, so I, I can't talk and too Nick, much. Um, one other point, those who would like a charitable contribution to support the case can make a charitable gift to Truth for Health Foundation, Medical Freedom De Legal Defense Fund, and designate the gift for support of the Disney case. So that would, that, that would that's be another um, option for any donors listening, particularly those who would like to make a major gift to help support this Disney lawsuit, we would greatly appreciate it. And a designated gift in a public charity would always go for the purpose that the donor designated the gift to support. That's incredibly generous. And thank you. Thank you, Dr. Lee. Um, yeah, so the case is there. She's working. There, there are some things developing that I, I can't talk about right now. Um, I, I wasn't a plaintiff, but I helped organize with Rachel this one and with Jeff last time, um, both lawsuits. So I'm kind of behind the scenes. <clears throat> I'm, I'm, mess, I'm a messenger, uh, you know, out there speaking about it. And, uh, and I work in a lot of different capacities helping it along. Um, so here we are. There's a, we're also forward looking to another action we're going to take because it's been my it's been my core belief that Disney is a multinational company. Um, and I think if we can send the message there that what they did was absolutely wrong and it can't happen again and there's penalties involved, we can send the message to the whole world. Um, so that to me, it's, it, again, it's a, a David and Goliath situation where we would, we are, you know, God, by God's grace, looking to take Goliath out and send a message to the world. I think that's exactly right. And your five small stones in the slingshot are represented by those seven plaintiffs. And, and I'm sorry, I was thinking that you had been one of the plaintiffs, but um, I, I do recall now what you're saying. And the Disney's actions were particularly egregious. 
in the punitive way that they treated employees who simply exercised their constitutional rights to refuse an experimental medication or vaccine and their constitutional rights um, to apply for a religious exemption. So I, I think Disney is a good example of a company that went way overboard in very punitive actions towards their employees. And, and of course, there are other issues with the whole Disney relationship in the state of Florida. And essentially, um, some questions about whether they are actually acting as a government agency as well as a private company. So there, there are lots of aspects to that case that just very much need to be um, evaluated in the court of law. And with regard to the initiative to get people to, to report to the sheriffs, I think one of the problems that we're up against is that my own medical profession is, is being grossly negligent in refusing to acknowledge the injuries that patients are experiencing as vaccine injuries. They are they're pretending they don't know what's causing these unusual symptoms. They are saying, oh, well, we don't know why there are so many sudden deaths, or we don't know why you're dizzy, or you're losing your balance, or you have foggy brain. Maybe it's just stress. And doctors are not doing their job to properly evaluate the patients. We have detailed, I have two whole pages of imaging studies and laboratory studies in our vaccine injury treatment guide that I've been researching and doing for my patients. Many of the lab tests I've been doing for many years, but I added one specific to the COVID shot damage and I added specific specialty imaging protocols that specialty radiologists recommended when I called them and said, I'm looking for micro blood clots I'm looking for not large pulmonary emboli. I'm looking for micro blood clots in the periphery of the lungs that may be related to the COVID shot. How can I do, how can I order a specialty imaging study? And, you know, these radiologists were wonderful. I talked to neuroradiologists, cardiac radiologists, GI, pulmonary, pelvic specialist, musculoskeletal radiologists, and asked them all the same questions. How can I pick up this subtle damage of inflammation and micro blood clotting and the risk of problems that standard imaging tests won't pick up? And all of that's in our vaccine injury treatment guide. But I try to get other doctors to order the test and they say, oh, well, you don't need that. And yet these shots are damaging every organ system in the body and all of the endocrine organs. And they're saying, we don't need to order the endocrine tests. Are you kidding? Yeah, it, it's, so, so Nick, people are, the, the people are not only, are they worried about perhaps uh, repercussions for themselves, but they're not getting help from the medical profession to document the injury. That's another whole aspect that very few people are talking about. Yeah, I, I got to imagine, just like stepping forth, those of us that stepped forth earlier, there's an amount of backlash that you have to take on. And, and that's when you're healthy. And for the people that are, are dealing with a lot of these injuries, 
Um, I, I talked to not Rob Nobrega. We had interviewed him for our podcast at, at Catarano Ricks. And, um, and he's, he talked about his, his journey as he was trying to figure out what was wrong with him. And he said they were all they were they were offering him um, psych medicines, you know, like antidepressants. And it was right. all in all in his head. So they were gaslighting the heck out of him. And then one doctor went as far as to tell him that his problem was he needed another booster and 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 the booster would make everything better. Oh, um, my Lord. Oh, right? my Lord. And then well, and, Nick, and then, send people then, to our website for our vaccine injury treatment guide. It's going to give them a lot more information to validate their experience. And it shows them, we've laid it out. I was very careful to write it in a very user-friendly way. It's a roadmap to recovery, and it has a step-by-step -step action plan. How to understand what's happening to you, how to get tested, how to put together an integrated treatment. Some of it's prescription. Some of it you need a doctor to help you with. A lot of it you can do yourself working through the guide that we have given you is that is that is that the vaxdamage.org or is that uh, another um, part the vaxdamage.org takes you to the reporting system our okay. database All right. the truthforhealth.org click on vaccine injury resources and it takes you to the vaccine injury treatment guide right at the top of that resource Excellent. That's excellent stuff. And it's a 20 page booklet that people can download, print out, read, study. And it's it's step by step. It's like yeah, a the, map. Yeah. The, the, these poor people, they need all the support and help um, that, that they can get. And, and every resource right now, especially with the medical profession failing them. Um, yes. So we're we're we're. We're really praying. I'm praying for an intervention, divine intervention. I, I, I really believe at some point God's going to say enough is enough. Um, and and something supernaturally is going to intervene. And, and this is going to blow wide open. I feel we're almost there. Um, but but, you know, the the opposition is so dug in and they're just doubling and tripling down. Um, but I I. I I, I see God working in so many ways and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it and confident we're, we're going to see the dam break here pretty soon. Well, and, and I, I agree with you and I operate in faith as well. Very much so. It's what keeps me going. However, we are called to act in faith and to do our part. My mother used to say, God can't steer a parked car. We got to get in and help drive it as he directs us. So the way that we approach it is seek God's guidance and trust what he guides you to do and give thanks for his past victories and guidance. And now we take action. That's why we wrote the vaccine injury treatment guide so that people can sit down with this very simple roadmap for here's what I can do. If I'm not getting help from my doctor, I can go online and order a lot of these lab tests myself and pay cash, get answers, and then start putting together my action plan. And there, it's, it's that kind of thing. And you and I working together with your network in Florida and bringing more collaboration between Truth for Health Foundation and our resources and yours can get help to more people. And I had an idea as we were talking that we could actually do 
a Zoom meeting of vaccine injured people telling their story. And then those can be edited and they have support from each other during our meeting. And then we can edit those into short video testimonials. I love that idea. I love that and, idea. And I can help facilitate it as a physician who is recognizing and treating and diagnosing vaccine injury. Fantastic. Let's do it. All right. You got it. We'll schedule a program. You send out an email. We'll, we'll coordinate you and I and Josh, our IT director, and we'll work on getting more people to fill out the injury reports. We'll do a town hall for the people who'd like to speak and let them tell their story. And then, then we can take it from there and start making use of it. Let's organize this thing and help them. Yeah. And, and I'd like to add too, people, there's nothing to prevent citizens. I've known citizens calling their local sheriffs. There's nothing to prevent them from trying to set up a meeting with their sheriffs to talk to them right. about this. There's nothing to prevent them to calling in their concerns about it. Um, so, you know, we can all make some noise about this and draw attention to where they have to, they have to deal with it. Um, so I, I want to encourage people to, to just do that. Write a letter, go show up, set up an appointment. They're elected officials. Um, they should be given their citizens appointments. They should be directly talking to them. And, you know, there, there's a way to do it respectfully, but, you know, take some of these, these the, you know, like our demand letter, or there's other things out there, take it into them, give them the resources, email it to them. And, and, and let's start making a lot more noise and, and, and shine a light on the issue in a bigger way. I think it's, we're, we're long overdue and we just need to, to get, to get to the point where this is no longer a battle to get it uphill. We need it on the top of the mountain for everybody to look at, deal with, and hopefully prevent this from ever happening again. Exactly right, Nick. And that's a powerful closing we can wrap up here for this show today. And I would like for you to email me any demand letters, any documents you want me to post on our website with the radio show. And we will get this out to all of our social media channels as well. So thank you for joining us today. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report and a call to action to all of you who have been vaccine injured or who've had a family member vaccine injured. Let's join together in our crusade to hold those responsible accountable. Join together, sign up for our email alerts, donate to support the legal action underway, and let's create a powerful team that we will be heard because we are silent no more. This is Dr. Lee for America signing off for today. Join us again for another whistleblower report and come to us with all of your whistleblower reports that you would like to bring forward to the public. Whistleblowers out there, we need you. So stand up and courage, speak out and contact us at producer at whistleblowerreports.org and we will help get your story on the air. Thank you for joining us today. Stand against evil, speak against evil and act with courage and faith.